0: Good morning. this is going hokey with George Bresnahan a Monday morning in early mid December. Uh, t- a week ago, my family decorated for Christmas and uh, I my job as I defined it and and uh, developed it was to kind of bring the boxes down from the second floor from the cupboards, if you will. And my wife and daughter did most of the decorating, and what happened there was—it's beautiful. It's—it's it's, uh, very our our style. It's understated, but it's um, <coughs> enough where it feels Christmassy. There's some plastic wreath. I do wonder about the planet when I see um, decorations that I think are going to be used once, because where do you put that stuff? I mean, um, but anyway. There are there's kind of a wreath that's wrapped around the, the curtain rod and they put these uh, poinsettia flowers, individual leaves if you will, they're not flowers, they're leaves ah, s- uh, spaced out across the wreath, the, 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 the whole curtain rod very nice the, the, the Christmas tree is a an artificial tree that our rich brother handed down to my mother years ago in which we inherited, and it does a great job. We're quite satisfied with it. Uh, I guess the longer you hold on to it, uh, the better it is for the planet, huh? Yeah. So, uh, there was once a, a, a Christmas decoration. My mother ran, walked, walked a, 10k the like the first time and she had her her number you know it's a piece of paper about six inches by six inches and in a and a uh, uh a pin the the safety pin and there it was you know it happened i think the walk happened just before christmas eve and or whenever we were decorating years ago back in the 80s and she was so proud and so pleased and I just took that thing and made it a Christmas deck, um, ornament on the tree, and she was very happy with that. and And it became an ornament. It was saved with the Christmas balls. So, yeah, little little things that we can do. I tell my kids that you know that there are little gestures we can do that will really make somebody's day, and it's not that costly for us. I think of Carl Moninger, rest in peace, uh, leaders need to be willing to look foolish once in a while. And he used to t- t- tell a joke about h- yeah, himself, uh, as a st- an anecdote of himself as a, so- a sophomore hot shot pitcher and, and uh, Alex, the uh, senior catcher, gave him a signal and he's and he, Carl men, motioned no and he gave him a signal for a fastball and no and another one no and Carl threw the pitch that he wanted and the batter didn't swing and Alex called timeout and went out to the mound and and told him in no uncertain terms uh, you're gonna pitch what I tell you to pitch and Carl shook his head up and down nodded his head and said okay <laughs> with a uh, fear in his heart and uh, Carl was a leader and he he um was willing to tell that story on more than one occasion, and uh, leaders need to be willing to look foolish once in a while, and and I, that's kind of what I tell my kids. Uh, it doesn't take much to make somebody feel uh, uplifted, yeah. In, in, almost in passing, you can do it. So, yeah, my our daughter gets us going with the Christmas decorations. And She's fourteen. She's young enough to be excited about Christmas, and, and old enough to make it happen. Uh, you know, good good creative uh, uh, abilities, and so the the place, our living room, and the hall, the stairs going up. That's where really where they decorated, and outside on uh, some pin, uh, pinatas uh, hanging from trees. As, as ever since Thanksgiving, uh, there's uh, how Thanksgiving is changing and in, uh, is interpreted in Mexico. Piñatas hanging from the trees outside. Uh, the house, the living room, the stairs, all Christmassy. Looks like like our our growing up. It somehow has the the flavor. Of the '70s Christmases in in San Diego, and '80s Christmases, uh, uh, even in a, even though it was Mom and and my rich brother, uh, uh, who uh, and, and may he rest in peace, who led the way with those Christmases. Um, it, well, it they were the the Bresnahan Christmases, and my wife wasn't there, and my daughter wasn't there and yet here it comes out with the uh, same flavor, a similar look, and how did that happen? You know, because I, I am thinking that I didn't participate very much in this Christmas uh, decoration, and it comes out looking like 70s Bresnahan San Diego Christmas. And that's that's the neat thing, well, for the most part it's neat in my case with my son especially and and my daughter that um, the example the vibe the energy the philosophy um, that I have that I exude it I am exuding it I'm I'm putting it out there and when you live with me you're going to pick it up and and when you happen to be the dad they they um, your son and daughter are particularly interested in the way you approach life and so uh, well maybe I am uh, passing on some Christmas spirit after all and that's that's good because it does feel like I I have no idea how to uh, bring Christmas spirit to the house Uh, and then I immediately give credit to mom who did such a good job of, of making it happen in the 60s and 70s for her kids uh, and even then some. Well, uh, we went on a hike yesterday. doesn't happen too often with our family. We have all four of us here. Our son is back from college for a month. And I wanted my wife to see this village. On paper, it, it made a lot of sense that we could live there after our daughter graduates. Um, it's a tiny place, and it's close to... Um, to uh, Guanajuato City, and it's not on the highway by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just over the hill from, from the highway. Thus, uh, this place hasn't changed. I, I've been hiking through there since the 90s, and uh, I, ha- I haven't seen much change happen there at all. Um, <clears throat> It's kind of a an extension of Santa Rosa Village up above above it in the forest. It's probably an extension of Guanajuato City, kind of a, a barrio neighborhood, if you will. And yet it is it is country. It is it is old Mexico. <clears throat> the village uh, has a a church that San Diego would die for. Uh, no, it's not an ornate uh, like like in Guanajuato, but where they are a dime a dozen, by the way. And San Diego would die to have just one. But um, <clears throat> the church in, in uh, this uh, Monte de San Nicolás, it's called, is beautiful. And it it is beautiful because of the mines. And I don't even want to think about how how the um, ore came out of the ground, the, the human... Um, it took but there it is um, there to teach Christianity to the indigenous you know hundreds of years ago and we sat there and it was nice so the hike itself we, we had breakfast up in up in Santa Rosa there's the expensive place the the kind of expensive place and then the well pr- low priced place and we after 15 years I discovered that and uh there we are, uh, having breakfast, and the, the carne asada and the enchiladas are—I swear—family plates. They're so big, yeah, but so we were full. Uh, and then you just start walking down the hill, uh, the back way, and walking down. You know, it does have uh, an impact on your muscles because you're walking down. You're not walking flat, and my city is flat. And so some new muscles were being woken up but for my legs and my, my wife's. My wife's was quite the walker, but it's flat here. So we walked down, and then really down, getting close to Monte. And we went around, and, um, well, it didn't uh, turn my wife on like I kind of hoped. I wasn't really banking on it, but but it would have been interesting uh, but it's fun. It's a funny place you just they they keep to themselves they have all these houses kind of surrounding the, the church on the hillsides I think they chose that place you know 400 years ago or 200 years ago because two two rivers two small rivers come together right there so maybe the indigenous chose that spot uh, you know 5,000 years ago I don't know how many thousands of years ago but that could be so, no, she didn't go for it. Uh, she said it was, like, down too low or something. So then we walked up. And now that's uh, that's a challenge. Our, all four of us are in good enough shape where our hearts were not <coughs> compromised and jeopardized by this. But uh, certainly for me at 65, but, yeah, an old hiker, uh, it was a little challenging, you know you have to go slow you have to, just have to go slow and keep at it and I liked the the patience aspect of it, the requirement of uh, slowly knowing that you're kind of getting there, you're getting there back to santa Rosa and wow what what scenery and what silence that there's a big hill on the left side as you go back. That's the hill I mentioned with the highway on the other side, and then on the right side, whoa, there's a bigger hill kind of stretched across. You almost want to call it a mountain, and covered with with uh, encino trees, which are the cousin of oaks, and some pine trees, I think. And it's just real foresty, real nice, uh, steep sides, and uh, so the silence was terrific. Uh, so we we uh, just made our way up up the hill, and uh, it was good. It was good for the four of us. I mean, the four of us are so different. I'm a man, and my wife's a woman, ten years younger. And then our son is 19, uh, male, and our girl is is uh, 14, uh, in plena uh, juventu, the teenager, huh? And she's making the most of it. She is a teenager. She defines it. It's great. And she's not doesn't get herself in trouble. But uh, she just has all the emotions of a, of a teenager, just uh, breaking loose. So, yeah, we got back and and went down to Guanajuato, and and it, we would sure like to see that place again on the weekdays because the weekends it's very touristy, and the the place has become you know touristy where every house that was a house in the 90s is now uh, has now has a, a cafe of sorts uh, downtown and i remember when the san fernando plaza had a welder on the corner and that's been hamburgers for years uh, and S- san fernando is now very uh, in cafe you know outdoor cafes but it, it is a beautiful place and and uh, a lot of Time has passed, and people have fast cars, and the highways are good, and the cities are big, and life is fast. And of course, they go to Guanajuato on the on the weekends, you know. Of course, everything is either a hotel or an Airbnb. Yeah, my my son just brought his friends there two weeks ago. Before, uh, technically, the day after Thanksgiving, and and uh, rented a place. So. Um, yeah, my Guanajuato is 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 touristy. It even even in the 90s it felt a bit um like Disneyland. I said I don't need to be here forever. You know, I remember saying that uh, one cold night uh, going home from one of the cafes or bars or dance places. But it did give me a wife right there on the corner uh, upstairs we were dancing. I was dancing with with a friend and she had—I found out later because she had high heels on, she couldn't dance for a long time. So she uh, bowed out. I, so I said, "Oh, I'd like to dance with your sister because she's 18 years old," and she said no. So my friend said, "Dance with Isa. She loves to dance." So I said, "I said yes. It's the best thing I ever did." I said yes at that moment, and she got up and started dancing with me. And my jaw—my jaw dropped. Like what? who, what are you? What is this? It, her energy was just marvelous. But that's another story. Um, now we need to talk about Israel a little more here while Israel is still still uh, shooting American artillery shells into uh, uh, houses and killing uh, women and children, mostly. Um, Israel has this argument about two indigenous peoples on one level of course that's true you know the the israelites were there ever since abraham got there uh, le- legend has it tradition has it bible has it and uh you know from 1600 to 60 ad they were there they were there they they conquered they commingled they developed a, a life they they were taken into exile they, by the Babylonians they came back they have a they have rich a rich rich tradition there and they were removed um, except for a, a tiny few in the Jewish quarter right they were removed by the Roman army in 60 AD and they became the diaspora uh, all over the world mostly in Europe <clears throat> and they kept their culture and they were this spokes spokesman as Maybe spokeswomen for 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 Yahweh, for God, the God of the Israelites, and and so this this small group uh, had an outsized role in the world, and especially because Jesus was a Jew, and and Saint Paul did a good job of of um, expansion. Um, the Catholic Church did, decided to um, embrace uh, Judaism as part of Christianity, and and so the Jews had an even bigger uh, impact on. On the world uh, particularly uh, th- through the west through uh, through the west, and there God demanded um, a, a moral life uh, according to the book uh, the Western Humanities if I do it something um, but I think the bottom line here is that the Roman army removed. Almost all Israelites from uh, from Israel in sixty A.D. and that's that was nineteen hundred years ago, as far as uh, when Israel became a a state in in uh, the same what used to be Israel. Nineteen hundred years you you can't minimize that. The only way you can do that is by minimizing the. Your perception of of the value of the inhabitants, and um, it, it's, it's it was Palestine for you know centuries and centuries. It's it, Arabic, and you you cannot uh, ignore that. You can't blow that off. And it, the diaspora did. They came in. They got. Um, well, the British were there, where, of course, they, they should not have been. So it was complicated. But in the end, Israel came in not as immigrants. They did not go to Palestine as, as individual families and stand in line at Palestinian immigration and ask for residency. That was their, their big mistake. And that's why we're talking about Israel and Palestine today. They needed to get in line they didn't, they, they did, um, well, it's technically terrorism, right, Menachem, Menachem Begin, right, and the others were, were technically terrorists, uh, w- fighting for what they felt was a good cause, certainly with the, the disaster of, of the, uh, Holocaust in Europe, in the 1940s, and it's more than a disaster, um, uh, Israel was longing for a a homeland where they would be safe, but they they jumped right into the the frying pan with the flame on underneath a big mistake they they should have picked Nebraska, but they didn't. so um, they they conquered, they stayed they they expelled it was 1.2 or something million Palestinians 650,000 Jews Uh, and somehow the United States came on board for Israel and Israel has done an extensive campaign ever since particularly lobbying uh, the members of Congress of the United States and it uh, has manifested in this unwavering support has has um, uh manifested itself in in artillery shells and tanks and machine guns and bullets um uh, that are right now as we speak <coughs> raining uh, destruction and death on on Gaza on uh, Palestine uh, it it simply didn't work if I were to go to Israel, I would see a nation. I would see good people. The, the photographs of the, of the few of the 1,200 who were killed, you know, it just seems so incredibly wrong. It is wrong. It was wrong. Uh, they look just like you and me. And they are. They were. But... So, so you walk around Israel and, and you can feel a nation, and that's a good thing. But step out into Gaza, step out into the West Bank, and you realize, oh, this is Omelas. <laughs> uh, remember that uh, short story, uh, Omelas, which is Salem-O, Salem-Oregon, spelled backwards. Ursula Le Guin, is that right? Uh, the town does well, but they, have, they believe they have to have this uh, one little girl in a, in a jail cell in, at, below S- City Hall, living in utter depravity. They think that this has to be in order for things to work out. Well, it sort of works, you know. It sort of uh, applies to Israel and its relation to Palestine. Um, In other words, it's more like like South Africa, you know, in, in apartheid times, where you you step out beyond the nice white neighborhoods and you've got a lot of people living in squalor without many rights and that that just doesn't work this is 2023 and and George Floyd died <laughs> so because of of where america is was at in june of 2021 uh, there was a reaction and and uh, it just made it very clear that america is at a different place now especially the 20 somethings the teens and the 30 somethings and us Uh, old liberals Um, we're not going to take it anymore we're not going to passively, quietly allow our Congress members to provide artillery shells and tanks to shoot them to Israel at, at, at Palestine, at Palestinians the prince has no clothes and we are not happy with our political leaders continuing to say, Israel, what, what beautiful clothes you're wearing. So this argument um, two, there are two indigenous peoples in, in Israel-Palestine. No. I mean, yes of course, but that is not a bottom line argument. And they're trying to make it thus. And no, you cannot ignore 1900 years of history. That's a lot of water under the bridge. And there are more than 2 million Palestinians. And you cannot uh, have that kind of a, a virtual apartheid relationship with them. Uh, number one, you we as Americans will not support it any longer number two you're part of the world community the human community dear Israel you are a beautiful um, part of the human community and you have responsibilities like any other nation does that that people in your care have to be treated uh, equally with full rights and with a real opportunity for prosperity and so um uh it didn't work ben gurion was wrong that that the people that this generation of palestinians will die off and the next generation will forget they didn't forget because day in and day out they're reminded of this this insult with uh, the the, the experts called, called Gaza in recent years uh, a prison camp. So it, it didn't work. and Oh, the thing is, uh, just as um, Americans and the world put pressure on, on the uh, Afrikaners, the, the British and Dutch descendants in South Africa in the 80s, for an end to apartheid, I mean a a sustained global campaign and they could feel the pressure because everything is energy and that energy reached uh, around around the globe down to South Africa and and they could feel it and and they they seeded a lot of uh, power and fortunately there was a, a Mandela who is you know we're lucky The world is lucky that the 20th century gave us Gandhi, Martin Luther King, and and Mandela. And, and of course, Mother Teresa and Lady Di and others, Dorothy Day. Daniel Berrigan, I'll mention him. Um, Because, you know, he was a great man. The civil war in South Africa did not happen. The civil war in India did not happen. The civil war in, in the South in the United States did not happen, and that's what America is still learning. I'll get to America in just a moment. Uh, Israel is is a is an analogy for the United States. So, real quick, before I get there, um, we as Americans need to add. Fuel to this campaign that is starting as pressure on Israel to dismantle its uh, virtually uh, apartheid state. Uh, shelling and killing does not uh, help in for a one-state solution where everyone, uh, Arabs and Jews, live in in harmony together. Obviously in order to make peace with the palestinians israel's going to have to give up a lot and the hardliners of the jews will have to uh, take a back seat permanently <laughs> uh, and i think they will once they realize that th- this didn't work you know 1200 jews dead now 16000 uh, palestinians dead it didn't work so peace you know th- it's funny th- the radical leftist utopian fantasy pie in the sky um, a proposal is the only practical solution in time after time and place after place so and 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 the evidence for it is 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 Gandhi martin luther king and and uh, Mandela. And the the spokesman number one is Jesus, that that Jew from two thousand years ago from Israel. All right. Now, Israel for America, because I'm not Jewish and I'm not Israeli, uh, but it's it's the American participation in in Israel that is is number one. That why I, I, I call on my fellow Americans to end all all military and financial aid to Israel because it it will probably force them to make peace with, with Israel. And if they really can't remember what Yahweh used to say, that Yahweh is a God of peace, then they can come to Nebraska, Kansas, Montana, Wyoming, because we are their ally and we would benefit enormously by their presence, be it a, a separate state or, or a new Jerusalem. All right. For for us Americans, the, the U.S. is, excuse me, Israel is um, just a, it's, it's an analogy, because we have to take the finger that we point at Israel and, and turn it toward ourselves with um, black folks, with Mexicans, with especially American Indians. Uh, just the fact that people are still killing each other in the inner city means that we have some work to do and the legacy of colonialism and if you don't like that word fine but just look at the results right and that's what that's the thing with israel is they have this incredible um uh public relations machine and it's it's to their surprise it's going to fall flat on its face because they can dissect the word colonialism, they can dissect, they can, they can accuse everyone under the sun of anti-Semitism, they can, you know, but each argument uh, cannot erase the, the day-to-day fact of, of, of oppression, of lack of rights, of now death and destruction uh, of the Palestinians. And that's the bottom line. And, and uh, America's not going to be fooled any longer. So back here, where we, as we point the finger at ourselves, the fact that people are killing each other still. The pa- the fact that that neighborhoods, some neighborhoods aren't aren't safe. That there's a lot of hopelessness. Um, the fact that that some people don't get along with people of other races in the United States. The fact that. That black folks, a lot of black folks, don't have wealth to pass on in inheritance to their, their offspring. Um, and a lot of it's systemic. And and I really ask the MAGA Republicans to stop uh, fe- uh, tr- fighting off this. Th- what what I'm doing here, and and it's not mainly myself. I'm just joining the the flow. Of what what needs to, to be heard and accepted and acted upon? Uh, CRT turns out it's not cathode ray tube. To my surprise, it's critical race theory. Uh, my goodness. Let let's let's be willing to give up white privilege. I mean, we're at, we're demanding of Israel that they make peace with the Palestinians, do you know what that's going to cost them? They're going to have to give away, give back half of Israel. They're going to have to disband the, the Israeli army. Mossad will become elementary, preschool teachers. I mean, it's going to be incredibly costly. Imagine the cost of the, the buildings on the land that they're going to have to give back to the Palestinians who, whom, who are the rightful owners of that land. And they're going to have to rid their sinews of, of racism toward the Palestinians. And they're going to have Palestinians as their neighbors right down the street. I mean, I'm, I'm not the authority here. I'm just predicting that that's what the Palestinians are going to demand. I mean, think about it. Peace. I mean, a two-state solution doesn't sound too too attractive. You know, let's let's go back seventy years when people were living in Palestine in peace, or a hundred years ago. That's what they need and deserve and demand. What did Julia Roberts say? I want it all. So that's what the Palestinians are saying: I want it all, because they're full human beings. Just being a human being, you have. You have rights, you have human rights, and in Israel will have to do nothing short of 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 Palestinians living with them like Israelis live. So in America, we we have to to um, give up our our white privilege, and it's just opening our hearts more, it's opening our pocketbooks more. What are we gonna do with the American Indians? I mean, it was a long time ago, and they weren't too many people, and and millions of Europeans immigrated to the states, and so <clears throat> I don't even know how that, how it could have been handled right. I know how it could have been handled better if we had, if our ancestors had seen them as full human beings instead of the racism, the, the uh, incredible racism to where the only good Indian is a dead Indian. Uh, gosh it's the things we convince ourselves of but now we're we're coming into an awareness of our equality of our beauty and, and if when the United States is majority brown skinned that's not going to be a bad thing it's not even going to be an issue and change we Americans have to become more comfortable with change so uh, that's where it's at alright thank you Bless you. All right. Bye-bye.